This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 078, Need Her Love. the third song on Discovery. In the liner notes for the 2001 remaster of Discovery, Jeff wrote, This is almost a proper love song, but not quite. From the summer 1979 issue of the vinyl edition, Need Her Love seems misplaced on this album. Except for Lynn's production and ELO's performance, you might think this piece to be from George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. It sounds ideal from the instrumental phrasing, guitar solos, chorus, and orchestral riffs to be on that album. The message recounts the emotional dependence of love. In the 1992 11th issue of the ELO fanzine Face the Music, Andrew Whiteside wrote, No such production niceties can prevent Need Her Love from being the first true turkey on the LP. Jeff has always been a functional lyricist rather than a poet. But there's really no excuse for lines as crass as, I couldn't stand to see her cry because of me. That would be sad. Musically, too. It's still more, hello trees, hello sky, with a syrupy guitar solo and a hugely embarrassing harmony part, which sees the choral section sing, I kid you not, bomb, bomb, bomb. In 2005, the song was sampled in No Mistakes by Classified. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. And Jeff Lynn is a master of producing just the swooniest ballads. I freaking love this song. Just every time I hear it, my spine turns into warm pudding and I just, oh yeah, this is fantastic. His voice in it, the music, uh, the strings are so dreamy and the choir behind it, it's so fantastic. And I love how it ends, when it gets bouncy and the strings are plucking. I need her, I need her love. I need her love. There is nothing bad about this song. This is one of my favoritest. This is like in that top three of the dreamiest, the swooniest Jeff Lynne ballads. I'm starting to realize more and more which Beatle Jeff Lynne really wanted to be. <laughs> and that was George Harrison. I can imagine this song being on a George Harrison solo album. These are good compliments, just so in case anybody's freaking out. No. This is a good thing, because his voice kind of sounds a little bit like Harrison's in places. Mm Mm-hmm. It has that Beatleish quality, but it has that Beatleish quality you get from Harrison, not from Lennon and McCartney as much. Yeah. But from Harrison. And I would actually put, tell you the truth, Need Her Love. Uh, Yeah, there's probably going to be some people who yell at me, but... 
Yeah, this is almost on the level of something. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, this is a fantastic song that should have been released as a single. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't argue with any of the songs they released as singles off this album anyway. But, hey, they released, what, four or five of them? Four, in America. Four. They could have done one more. They could have done this one. Yeah. Not to replace any of the other ones, but they should have done this one because, heck, it's better than Telephone Line. That's a tough call. <laughs> I would say I would they say are, this is actually a little bit better than Telephone Line. They are both pretty or great. Or right on the, well, not better, maybe right on the same level, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, Telephone Line's a classic, too. So it's really hard to say, but everything about this thing is so well-produced, so clear, It's but it does it without being slick. Yes. It still sounds nice, and it sounds like something that's been made by human beings. It doesn't <laughs> sound like something that he just threw on there. That's I think that's what I like about Discovery so much, because at this point in his career, Electric Orchestra is one of the most famous bands in the world, and at this point, he could just show up, throw down a bunch of tracks, leave. <laughs> Jeff Lynn is not phoning in in it at all, and neither is anybody else in the band. Mm-hmm. And this is just absolutely wonderful. Lyric-wise, music-wise, production-wise, there's nothing whatsoever wrong with this particular song. I can't probably pretty, be pretty short because I can't find anything to pick apart on it. <laughs> um, somebody can, and I'll get to that later. Anyways, yeah, it never occurred to me how Harrison-y this song was until I started looking up the song facts and some people saying that this is like a more slicker produced version of something that could have been on All Things Must Pass, George Harrison's first solo album. And when you brought up something, I was like, yeah, you know, that it does have a something feeling to it. And also, this song is so dreamy and swoony that it was in strong consideration for the song that me and my wife danced to at our wedding. But she wanted two by heart. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll give that to her. I don't have a problem with that. And anyways, I've pretty much monopolized the playlist for the wedding reception, so I'm more than happy to just let our first dance be that song, because it's, it's a good one for that. Right. Let her and it's have also one. your wife, it's also your wedding, so you're going to do what she says. Well, I pretty much discovered <laughs> during the wedding planning that the husband is a prop. It's pretty much exactly. it's pretty much all about the bride and your the Yoda puppet that's over in the corner and when they need you, they put you up on there in the stage and they press the wires and the remotes and the controls and you just you're just there for scenery pretty much. A little bit ago you said there was nothing that you could pick apart about this song. Well, somebody could and Get out your emotion-pigmented Crayolas and color me shocked. It's Andrew Whiteside. And oh, surprise, surprise. Yes. And usually when, when Andy doesn't like a song, I kind of roll my eyes and say, okay, whatever, Andrew. And then I move on. But when I saw how much he ripped into this song, the word shot out of my mouth, Fuck you choke on a dick. Why? Why is this nitwit writing for a fanzine. This is a beautiful song, and I get that not everybody likes everything, and that's fine, but does this Jughead like anything by ELO? I mean, he'll he like a few songs, but so far from what I'm seeing from the vast majority, he really doesn't like much of anything from ELO. So why is he writing for an ELO fanzine? Was it a paid gig? Just here, here's some money. Can you write something? Sure, I need to buy some cereal and milk so I don't starve to death. And especially this song, which is straight up Stone Cold Beautiful. 
I mean, it's up there with one summer dream and telephone line, and, and you say this one stinks? Hey, hey! Fuck off and die. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to agree with you. I really don't understand why he's yelling turkey about this. I mean... Oh, my God, yeah. Just right from the bat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the turkeys were on the last album, for the most part. This one, so far, this album is firing on all cylinders at this particular point. Oh, yeah. This is also the perfect song to lead into something as strange as the Diary of Horace from Wimp. Mm-hmm. And it also, it's also why I like this album so much, because there's such a variety of different sounds and different songs. It's like you're getting everything that ELO can do. It's like kind of a repeat of New World Record. You're getting everything they can do in a very compact form to where you're just sitting there going, huh. This is why so many people like this band. Yeah. And unless you just really, really, really hate ballads, I really can't understand why you wouldn't like this song. It's perfect. I can't find a flaw in it at all, ever. I will give him some, like a tiny bit of like, okay, maybe, when he talks about the lyrics in the song. For many years, I thought, The boats that sail, the planes that fly, she was like one of the beautifulest lyrics ever until one day i actually thought about it it's like no that's not actually like really beautiful that seems more like stringing words together to fill the hole but the way jeff sings it it just makes it so freaking dreamy just the lilt in his voice the way he sings it he just sells even a, a lyric that makes me go well no Wait a minute, now that I think about it, that's not really actually the most beautifulest lyric ever. Yeah. And one last thing, we got to give a shout-out to the Philippines. They actually decided to release this as a single Oh, okay. in the Philippines. I did not know that. At least somebody thought this was good enough, but yeah, it should have been an extra single off of here worldwide, not just in some little corner of the world Yeah, where um, if you try to find a copy of something, you're spending through the nose for it (laughs) because of regional record producing and how rare it is. But this deserves a lot more attention than it gets. And for me, it's just one more reason why I like this particular album so much. Got something to say about Neater Love? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Hello, this is Troy White with another Thought from Troy. Need Her Love is one of those songs that I almost forgot how much I loved it. I haven't heard it in quite some time. But I do think it's one of the most beautiful ballads Jeff Lynne ever wrote and that ELO ever recorded. I love Jeff's voice on this song. I think it's one of his best vocal performances. And I also love the strings. In fact, I think this song offers a textbook example on how to use strings in a pop ballad. In this case, the strings complement and accent the song. They do not overwhelm it. Compare and contrast this song with the overkill method used by Phil Spector on the Beatles' The Long and Winding Road. At times, the orchestration is so loud on that song, it drowns out Paul McCartney's vocal. And another thing I like about this song are the backing vocals. There are moments when it sounds like some intergalactic Gregorian chant. And if you listen very close, you can hear the subtle bass tones of Mr. Bev Bevan. 
And speaking of that, if you want to see Bev Bevan lay down that base, check out ELO's appearance on the Midnight Special in February of 1976. I think it's available on YouTube. It is available on the complete Midnight Special collection, which I happened to buy at my local Walmart for about $7 about a year ago. Anyway, in their appearance on that show, they perform a beautiful acoustic rendition of Strange Magic. And Bev is out front playing the tambourine and laying down some serious bass. Because he's all about the bass, about the bass, Bev Bevan. All about the bass, about the bass, Bev Bevan. Eat your heart out, Megan Trainer. You've got nothing on Bev. This has been... A thought from Troy. This boy's more mixed up than a feather in a whirlwind. If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ELOPod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address ELOFTM podcast at gmail.com Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I did not like the song. Hey, she hated it! Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song-by-song podcast is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Next week, episode 079, The Diary of Horace Wimp.